0: Hi, dear listener, Sarah Hamm speaking. Welcome to Learning Day, a journey to explore how we integrate learning in our everyday lives. And this is season two, dedicated to documenting what we've learned in 2020. Here's the ninth episode. Today's conversation is about dating in COVID times, something I know a lot about. I too developed a relationship during the pandemic. Everything got in the way of me and my now boyfriend being together. Lockdowns, international and national travel restrictions, you name it. It was a test to our patience and care for each other. For this reason, today's episode is special for me. It describes an experience I was going through myself, even if I was not ready to mention it in public when we recorded the conversation in February. I'm happy to report that it all worked out in the end and that I'm excited and looking forward to experiencing the new chapters in our love story. If you're wondering how to build a relationship in these crazy times, this episode is for you. Today's guest is Anna Souza. We talked about dating during the pandemic, letting our guards down and what it takes to make a relationship of any kind work. I hope you enjoy our chat. Hello, Anna. How are you doing today?
1: I'm fine. I actually came from a walk, so I'm feeling energized and with uh, high expectations about this conversation.
0: (laughs) Ooh, okay. I'm feeling the pressure now. (laughs) (laughs) I'm kidding. (laughs) Well, uh, you are ahead of me then, because I feel like I'm awake now, but maybe five minutes ago, I was still feeling like, oh my God.
1: I hope it's my energy that is passing for you.
0: <laughs> I think it is. I think it is. No kidding. Yes. We we had a, a short conversation before starting recording and I feel more awake now. So so thank you for that. Cool, cool. <laughs> Anna, before we start talking about the topic that brought us here, I would like to know how would you describe yourself as a learner?
1: I think that for me learning comes from the experiences. So I think that life is what is always teaching me something. I know this is like, looks like some poetry, but it's actually true. I think that it's the experiences and the way I can look at them that actually teach me something. So Mm. I think I learn from people. I think I learn from moments. I'm not not a theoretical person. For example, I'm doing a PhD, so I, I like to search when I have to do some new thing or I like to read it. But then my first thing is, let me try it. Let me see how it goes. And that's my definition of learning. Put my hands in the the soil and actually learning from experience.
0: That's wonderful. And kind of the opposite idea that I had of a PhD, really. I thought it was a lot more theoretical than what you are describing. Is it something that you bring to your day-to-day or is it normal in academia to have
1: that willingness to try things out? I think it's because of my area of studies. When we think about academia, academia is a huge thing. It's not the same thing to do a PhD in my area I'm doing in biomedical engineering than to do a PhD in law or literature or something like that. It's not the same. I think those, in, in my perspective, are really more uh, theoretical, let me mm-hmm. say it like that. And I think when it comes to engineering it's a lot about doing stuff see how it goes i think it's the main process at least it's the one i feel most confident doing and the one i think most of my colleagues are are doing like you, you have to understand the theory like i work with computers and programming so it's a lot about testing it especially because the the subjects that i'm working on are like when you do a tutorial or you learn something on the internet about some language mm-hmm. or some way of doing an algorithm. It's the simple thing that you can see. It's like the simplest example on earth and what mm-hmm. you want to do is something with a higher and higher complexity. So if you don't try you will never learn just by reading or just by studying. So I think it's a mix of both things But I I really feel that for me, my biggest learnings come from experiencing and learning from the others. The way the others can inspire you and the way you see the others work and the, the others doing this or that can really help me learning and improving.
0: Thank you for making that distinction between the different fields in academia, because yeah, definitely. Uh, I can see how engineering is more practical than literature. And what you mentioned about learning with others, I'm definitely the same. I learn a lot more when I'm (laughs) around other people, especially when they tell me I'm wrong. Not necessarily just wrong, but show me a different perspective. And when I'm just in my cocoon, it feels more comfortable, but I feel a bit more stuck.
1: Yeah, and the thing is that I think that you don't go to your uh, higher states because you're comfortable, you're in your own uh, thing. And when you see others doing things differently. I I have a team, I work with some other PhD students, and I learn a lot from them, from their methodology, from their way of programming and planning. Sometimes we have some meetings where some of us do a presentation to show how their work is going. And it's amazing because sometimes I feel like, oh, I'm a fan of him. Oh my god! I love, I love this. I want to be like him or I want to be like her. It's it's incredible. It's it's really a good experience, and I feel like uh, being in a in academia makes you. Always have something new and amazing to to hear about. I have m- more attention to new things than before mm. I was doing a PhD. And, and that's cool because I'm always learning something that no one else knows, but I, I'm in the field. <laughs> it's cool.
0: <laughs> You're the first to hear about everything. Yeah, yeah. Great. yeah it's cool. Do make sure you, you share with us, mere mortals, uh, what is going on. <laughs> What is one thing you've learned in one of those meetings, something that is like super new and you were excited about?
1: I mean, it's really scientifical stuff. For example, we are like five PhD students and we all are doing different uh, things. Like we are all in biomedical engineering program it's really broad. It can be everything because it's basically technology applied to health and to humans. Okay. So there's a lot of things. I'm working with the eye and the vision and that Mm -hmm. is a really specific thing. My colleague is working with heartbeats and the way your heart is beating and if it's working properly. Other colleague is working with babies and measuring things in babies. So you can see that I'm always learning something really detailed but really interesting and really specific but cool it's really really inspiring the way I also see my colleagues growing in their projects and the discoveries they are making and the way they are getting more confident and I I really like people and Mm -hmm. to see the others coming to a higher place that's really cool
0: Let's start talking about the topic that brought us here today. Yeah, and we're here to talk about starting a romantic relationship during a pandemic, which I think is a great accomplishment. So, congratulations! (laughs) Thank you. I thought this topic was very interesting and relevant because we've all been kind of stripped off most of our ways to interact either in romantic or friendships or other types of relationships right and learning how to do it so kind of adapting it was difficult I can't imagine how it was to start a fresh new one just with a new set of rules that no one knew about at least that's how I see it and you will tell me if that's your experience. Yes, I'm really excited about this topic. Tell the story from the beginning, please. Yeah, I
1: think it's better because otherwise I think it's not possible to explain it all. I need to make a bit of introduction about myself because I've always managed to have a lot of things to do. I like to occupy my time, not only with work or studies, but also with other things that can either be something that pleasures me or something to the society and to the others. I've always volunteered. I've always occupied my time doing a project in my parish because I'm a Catholic and I've been a catechist for a long time. And that's really something that I like. I have a schedule. like I go. To to work Mm -hmm. I finish work I go to do this I go to do that and I'm not that many time at home I'm living with my parents so I was with them just for dinner or some time in the weekends and I was always really full of things and and that was cool it was something that I liked to do something for the others and to be busy (laughs) yes but when it all started Everything stopped. I had a lot of time at home with my parents only. I got a bit afraid. I think all of us have felt similar things. Mm-hmm. Uh, our lives change a lot. Before I was spending like two hours a day in the bus to go and to come from work. And that was leaving a lot of emptiness to stay in my bedroom w- working, to be with my parents, to be all alone and to feel that all my friends were were also feeling the same things and also struggling to, to get everything together. So it was really tough and I was feeling something that was um, resolved in my mind because over the last years I've decided I've, I've really, it's not decided, but I really felt free and felt in agreement with myself about these things of relationships. I felt like, okay, if it has to come, it will come. I will not be crying about it. I've never had a serious one before. And I was also always feeling that I'm good with myself and to be with myself and that's okay. And when the pandemic started, I felt that none of that was making sense. Like Mm. all the work that I've done with myself was like falling. Mm. And I started feeling that I would be alone if the world ends. I'm alone. I'm with my parents. Okay, I have family and it's really important, my family to me, but all the other persons will have someone, will have, like, that Mm. shelter. And I was here in my bedroom alone... And that uh, thought starting to increase in my mind. And I was nervous because I was feeling like, but how can I meet people in, during a pandemic? What can I do? And in my life, I always said that Tinder was not for me. I, I didn't feel it was the right way to meet someone. I know it's like some prejudice, but I always felt that I, I wanted that a relationship could come in a normal uh, sense of life. I met someone, we feel connected and things evolve. I also always thought that Tinder was for something like one-night stands and mm. a lot of sexual-related kind of thing. And I didn't agree with that. I, I, my values are not that those and I never, ever wanted to be on Tinder. <laughs> I must admit it. But when I was feeling all those things, I just thought what if I tried it? Like, yes. what if, what if? And one night I was in my bathroom and I was like, I'm just going to install it and see how it is. No one is watching, no one knows. I'm just trying it. And then I tried it and the first two hours were horrible. I hate it because people are there just to match because you have to match someone, some, some guy or some girl. Mm-hmm. And... Then you can start a conversation. And the guys that first talked to me were just, they really wanted pictures of me. I I thought that all the things that I always thought about Tinder were real. Real, I was watching them happening there. And I felt like, what am I doing with my life? This doesn't make any sense to me. But I I didn't give up. (laughs) And I continued there. I don't know. I think it's more like an addiction because life was so crazy that that was something like some novelty, you know?
0: Yeah. And you probably allowed yourself to do it because... Like, n- nothing made sense anymore, right? And so yeah. I'm like, okay, I will try this anyway. Yeah. yeah,
1: it's exactly that. I was feeling like, what do I have to lose about experiencing it? In, in when pandemic ends, I can delete the app and nothing else happens here. Like, no one yes. needs to know and days were coming along, uh, uh, not that interesting persons. I mean, I had some nice conversations because what happened during the pandemic, and I read a lot about Tinder and other online apps on those weeks, because I was trying to, I don't know, fulfill myself with that subject. (laughs) That is very
0: interesting that you went out to search about it. Why? Why did you do that? And what have you learned there?
1: I was nervous about what kind of things could happen in Mm -hmm. those apps. And I was curious about other testimonials of people Mm -hmm. that actually view a relationship for life through online dating. So um, I've read a lot of things uh, saying that since the beginning of the pandemic, the ways those apps uh, worked and the way people were using it really changed. All the articles that I read were saying that the way people were using those apps were changing because people were not looking for one night stands and something just to have fun. People were looking for friends, for uh, conversations, for serious to know each other.
0: Some connection probably. Yes yeah,
1: some, some true connection and people were um, connecting for the longer periods. Mm. the way that after you met with someone, people were staying longer in a conversation mm. with, with that person. So that made me feel a, a bit better because I thought maybe after this finishes I'll have some friends, some new friends mm-hmm. and that's cool. So okay, let's continue trying to find someone. There was another thing that I was always scared about because, well, I'm not like a top model kind of beauty and I'm a bit chubby and I know I'm a nerd and I know that not all people have interest in, in get to know me. And that was really scary because you use the image in those yeah. apps, the first thing. And that was yeah. a bit like I was... But I felt the ones that really wanted to talk, really wanted to talk. And that's the mm-hmm. case of my boyfriend. We connected somehow in late March or beginning mm-hmm. of April. And the thing was that I cannot explain it deeply because it's something that I just felt. I felt mm-hmm. really secure talking to, to him, which is kind of awkward because we were only texting yes. um, in the beginning. But I, I don't know the way he was speaking to me made me feel comfortable made me feel safe so we started really a true connection after some weeks we were sharing really deeply things about ourselves that was the 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 gold (laughs) (laughs) the gold thing about it because made us really connect with each other we we were sharing things that you don't usually share with someone you are texting over the internet But we were really, really connecting. We felt like we were already in a relationship before even met in person. Yes. And that, that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and then, well, after the lockdown, some weeks after, because we were afraid, that month was a bit awkward for everyone. And we had a date that extended through the, the whole day. And <laughs> things just went until now. <laughs>
0: How was that first date, if you're willing to share? Not the particulars, but how how did you feel meeting someone for the first time that you've shared so much already?
1: It was crazy. We decided to go to Sintra in the afternoon. So that morning was so with so much tension and pressure <laughs> and scary things and thoughts. How do I look? And I had like that lockdown hair and <laughs> my look was not that amazed and I didn't know I was really tense I had to go pick him because he he doesn't have a card and I was like the whole trip I was like oh my god what am I doing this doesn't make any sense this is not me what (laughs) and then he came up and I was like okay if it doesn't work if it's boring if it's something that I don't like well at the end of the day well it was nice to meet you but okay yeah (laughs) The day was really fun because we are both really nervous and with a lot of constraints about the COVID virus, should I wear a mask? Because at that time it was not mandatory. So we were like, we should wash our hands. We should... So much things to think about. Yes. It was like strange, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah, I can imagine I was trying to picture myself in that situation because going on a date with anyone, like the initial part of this story, it's the same, right? You're like, how yeah. do I look? Uh um, feeling nervous Will I like this person like all of these details and thoughts that go to your mind but on top of that you had to deal with the pandemic and should I wear a mask should I not wear a mask should I do this should I wash my hands should I not wash my hands so it seems like another layer of stress
1: yeah it was really hard and and I was like, oh my God, he's coming to my car. If he's infected, my car will get the virus and I will get the virus. And then if I come with my mother in my car, she will get the virus. Yeah. And, oh my God, it's, it's crazy. That day was really, really tough. But then, well, things went more normal than, than I could think about. And we were with each other a lot of times and we were in the same bubble. Uh, things went better.
0: There was something you said on your application that I thought was interesting. You said you had let your guards down and you allowed yourself to love. What is the part of the story that is related to this letting letting yourself go?
1: I have to get back to the initial part of the story. I've always suffered a lot about... Being alone, not having anyone, Mm. why didn't I have anyone, why didn't I deserve it, those kind of thoughts. Mm. And I was seeing like all my friends getting together and every time that I was feeling something for someone, I was just the cool friend and the Mm. nice girl that I want to have some talks, but that's all. And Mm. that made me really shatter myself. I made some barriers that I didn't even thought about but they grew (laughs) yes and what happened over the last years was that even if someone was trying something with me I was like so convinced that I could be and I think uh, that everyone can be by themselves but I didn't got the space to open myself to someone I think that when the pandemic started and the lockdown started, I felt like I'm going to be all alone and then i it was something like an impulse you know i I thought mm. that what if I try? what can I lose? and I think that's what triggered to allow myself to open to someone and also the way that I feel so secure talking to Andrea. Um, Mm -hmm. something that I didn't felt with uh, any of the other guys that I spoke in Tinder or even Mm -hmm. friends like there were things that I was sharing with him that I I didn't share with friends that I have for a Mm -hmm. long time so I think that was the way he was also connecting with me that triggered Mm -hmm. that I could uh, let down my, my guards
0: that's a really beautiful story. I can relate to that, Anna, as well. I've had those thoughts many times, and it's not easy to be in that space and It takes a lot of effort to feel comfortable by yourself and kind of ignoring all the signals from people around you and society that something must be
1: wrong with you if you don't have a boyfriend or a yeah. partner and And I've done some work about it because over the last two or three years, I started. Assuming that, well, my friends are married and are with their child and things. They are in their lives and I have to do things by myself because... When you are in college, you have always friends to do things, you know? Yeah. But after that, people get to to their lives and and that's normal. And I don't feel that those things could be different. But I try to be by myself and do things that I like because I like. And if I don't have anyone to go with me, I'll go by myself. So I went to a festival all alone. I loved it. It was amazing. I think I want to repeat it because it's absolutely an experience of a lifetime. Yeah. Because everyone is grouping and I'm just observing, you know. It's <laughs> it's really a social experiment. I, I really recommend it. I went to concerts alone. I started doing a lot of things that I wanted. Just going without feeling the pressure of need to have someone to go with. And that, I think that's, that was really something that made me feel cool, <laughs> you know. Yes. Made me forget those questions and those doubts.
0: Yeah, I've, I've never been to a, a festival by myself. I've been to concerts by myself. It's somehow freeing. Yeah. Like you don't have to, you're not depending on anyone to, I don't know, even the little decisions like, should we go there? Do you want another drink? Or like, you just go and do it. Like you don't need to coordinate with anyone. I love socializing and being with others, but these moments of being with yourself and trying to do something by yourself, like traveling or going to a concert or to a workshop or to an event... It is quite freeing. There's this rush of feeling brave enough to do it that yeah. makes you feel even
1: better and even cooler, as you said. Completely, completely. Yeah. In the beginning, in the first day that I went to the festival, because I think it was the, not the hardest, but the it's different from going just to a concert. Because on yes. a festival, you have a lot of things and it, it takes more time. It's a, a longer period. And when I was going, I was feeling like everyone is watching me mm-hmm. because I'm alone. <laughs> But then you forget that and you just enjoy the experience. It's really cool. But that doesn't mean that I don't love to be with people and that I don't want to do those kind of things with my boyfriend and mm. that we are hoping that the pandemic let us return to some kind of normality to be able to do those kind of things, like go to a festival.
0: Hi there. I hope you're enjoying my chat with Anna. And before we go back to it, here's a message from Franca a member of the Learning Day community. The weekly reflection sessions are my sacred block of time dedicated only to me. As someone who loves journaling but can never make herself do it consistently, the reflection sessions provide me with much-needed facilitation, direction, and accountability to become aware of my thoughts in a safe space. I leave the early sessions energized and the night sessions relaxed, but always 10 times
1: lighter than what I write with.
0: Consider joining one of the weekly reflection sessions this Thursday. Go to learningday.community to learn more and sign up. Now, back to our chat. Now, this is more of an observation, and I'm curious to hear your thoughts. Before the pandemic, we have this alternative, right? Of if no one wants to come with us, we'll go by ourselves. And we had ways to distract ourselves and do new activities and experiment. These days, it seems much harder to just do something by yourself. When we are in lockdown, obviously, when we're not on lockdown, it's even better because you're you're just by yourself, so less risk. Um, but when you are at home, we have less of those escapes, and the thoughts that were going through my mind, and I can relate to that, will be more present, right? And I'm yeah. just wondering, like, it's it. A lot of people are probably struggling with that as well. It's not just a lack of connection with uh, your friends and your family, and it's a lack of connection with this.
1: I don't
0: know know where I'm going, but yeah.
1: Yeah, I I feel you. (laughs) I'm actually, I'm thinking also. Those experiments that I made before the pandemic really made me understand how I am and how I can be by myself. And that was really, I think that was really important for the way things went when the pandemic began, even with all those struggles in my mind. Uh, I think that journey that I made was important for me to let those guards down and to be able to connect with someone uh, during this crazy, crazy time. But I think that even though I had made those those steps into my uh, solitude it's different now because we are really missing to socialize, to be with each other, to hear other voices, to see someone laugh, to be able to give a hug to to some friend or to some people that you are meeting. I think that everyone is really missing that. I'm afraid of how... Um, how is going to be the socializing after this pandemic? Yeah. Because I'm afraid that a lot of people will, will be, they will be afraid of a lot of things. Like, mm-hmm. should I touch him? Should I not touch him? Should I go? Should I, you know, like, should I yeah. wear a mask? Should I wash my hands? Like, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, sometimes I feel that like we will have to relearn how to to be with each other. Because yes. this is really messing everything up. Even my longest uh, friendships, they are changing. You know, like I don't know how it is to be with my friends anymore. Like to mm. to be next to them, <laughs> I know how to see them through Zoom calls or through WhatsApp group calls, but I don't know. It's it's not the same. I think we are all going to change somehow, but I hope it's in a positive way. <laughs>
0: Yes, that, that side of it, so uh, how we re-enter the new normal, let's call it that, it is somewhat in our hands and in our control, and I'm using that word carefully. I think we, we will have to learn how to do all of those things again. I certainly will. I know that. I, mm. I struggle a lot with being around other people these days. I can't relax. I'm always alert. I've had this conversation with many friends. I've had the wonderful opportunity to travel before the second lockdown here in Portugal. Mm-hmm. I went to Madeira. Uh, the Madeira is an island and it's part of Portugal for anyone listening who doesn't know that. So you need to fly there. And so I took a flight. I went there. I spent the most wonderful week with a small group of people and it was amazing. And it was absolutely draining as well. When I, w- mm. when I got back, I, I had to be alone for three weeks because I... It was very, very difficult to manage all this, the COVID stress <laughs> and the restrictions and feeling great about being ar- around other people and still feeling hyper-vigilant about every single place I put my fingers on, you know, like this. Yeah, Just very,
1: very hard. yeah I feel you.
0: <laughs> yeah, we will have to relearn that, at least people like me and it seems like you who have this tendency to pay attention to every detail <laughs> of their interaction.
1: Yeah, but I, I think we need to not to be scared. We have to force it, you know. Otherwise, we we will all stay at home because it's safer. Uh, I think yes. when this all ends, we have to make the step to really get together, to really break those, those things that are pushing us to home.
0: <laughs> yeah. Picking up on what you said at the beginning... We'll have to learn this from experience <laughs> and yeah, with each other. Yeah,
1: <laughs> definitely. Yeah, yeah.
0: A little while ago, you mentioned that the way you connected with your boyfriend wasn't magic. And I like that. Because sometimes it does feel like relationships are just magical and they just happen. And I'm assuming that it took some some work, some effort, some learning as well to connect with someone fully online and kind of get to know them and falling in love and starting a relationship. And I'm wondering, what have you learned in that process of doing it in a completely different way?
1: I think the most important thing was to be truth about myself. Being honest and not running away from any subject that we talked about. And we talked about a lot of things, like mm. from movies to books to things about our life, relationships, mm. everything. We went through everything that you can imagine because we were at home. We were both working, but we had a lot of free time. So mm. everything we have talked about before meeting with each other. So, I think that the things that really made made it work and are still making it work because we are not seeing each other for almost a month. We are again in the first times of our relationship, but I think it's really to be honest to be truth and to not be scared about sharing and about connecting. I mean we both have struggles. It was really nice to really try to understand each other. After some weeks we started doing like some phone calls yeah. and then some video calls and that really helped to connect and to see each other's expressions and the way we yeah. laugh and the way we we interact like in a visual way
0: <laughs> the way our,
1: our body actually also reacts. And that was really increasing. Like it made me really every day I woke up and I was thinking like I need to share this with him. Oh my god! Yeah, he really needs to know this. And it was I really felt like I was meeting someone, but using a chat and not going to a coffee. And I think that was really what made this kind of thing result. We sometimes think that if it wasn't the pandemic we wouldn't have connected so much before meeting because Mm -hmm. we would like, oh, hi, hi, what do you like, blah, 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 that first talk. And then, oh, can we go have a coffee? Like Mm -hmm. after one, two, three days, we were meeting. And because of the pandemic, we were two months talking every day without actually meeting. So I think that was really... If it wasn't the honesty and true sharing and not being afraid of what the other would think and respect also, respect mm-hmm. each other's opinions and uh, each other's lives <laughs> because we yeah. have different histories. So that was really what made it work and is making it work until now.
0: <laughs> so I, I was trying to kind of distinguish in my head because I like organizing things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what was particular to this situation what is general in the ways in which you make a relationship work. And I think that what is general is the respect and trust, the vulnerability of allowing other another person to get to yeah. know you. And that is general. That doesn't happen just because yeah, you are yeah, yeah. online. True, true. That is essential for any positive relationship, uh, romantic or not. What I think is particular is the intensity and the deeper levels of conversation that the situation provoked right because probably to get to those deep levels in a quote-unquote normal situation it would take you I don't know maybe six months yeah and (laughs) And it it wouldn't happen
1: like that it wouldn't be through messaging it it wouldn't be it everything would be different I think but I, I think that it's possible. I never thought of it, you know? I was the one that didn't uh, believe in Tinder and in those kind of apps. So I didn't think it was possible to really, truly connect with someone online. And uh, I proved wrong. <laughs> it's possible if you really are willing to to be there and to want to really connect and to let things grow In the normal way, but knowing that this is not a normal way.
0: For me, what you're saying is we need to almost relearn or reframe what dating means. Dating isn't, in this moment, just going for dinner or for coffee with someone anymore, right? It is different now. It is this conversation. It is allowing yourself to be known. (laughs) And it is quite different
1: I believe that this experience really changed the way a first date is. Because what I felt after that uh, awkwardness in the beginning that uh, you always feel in those kind of situations, through the, the afternoon, what I felt was that we have known each other for a long time. like I could be what I am without any struggles because... He already knew. (laughs) We had really deep conversations in that day that normally you wouldn't have. So I think that also changed the way things grew in a fast way. I can call it preparation or something like that but it's lovely I love to be in love so
0: <laughs> oh that's so cute <laughs>
1: yeah <laughs> I've been speaking like in a rational way but this is also emotional and for sure it's been yeah, amazing it's- like the way you can have someone and even now we are in lockdown again and we are not seeing each other because we're not we do we do not live nearby and mm. he's living with his mother I'm living with my parents and we think it's not it's risky to to be together now. But it's different from the first lockdown because I have a secure place where I can go. Like if I have something in my mind, I know that if I talk to him or if he has it and talks to me, we know that we are here for each other. And and that's different from having a friend. It's having your person.
0: How do you think what you've learned about building this relationship can be transferred to friendships or other types of relationships, work relationships? What do you think it's transferable?
1: Apart from those general things that for me make sense in any type of relationship, you have to respect, you have to be honest, even with coworkers. like you have mm-hmm. to know how to say things, but you have to say it if you don't agree or if you have a problem. And that's the main thing about relationships in general. Apart from that, respecting someone even without knowing everything about him, mm-hmm. even without having a face, you know, like. Of course, we have a face because we share pictures, but yes. <laughs> without knowing how the body is or how the image is not that important, for me at least, I don't think it's what defines you. I think that what defines you is the way you can relate, the way you can connect and the way you can share your life. I believe in a life of uh, sharing experiences. So mm-hmm. I believe that's what makes us better persons and better, and better in everything. So, I don't know if that's specific from this experience, but really be there, like you have to be there. You have mm. to want to, to ha- you have to want to be friend of someone. you have to want to be with your family, to really be there, not be there with your with your phone and in the social media seeing something when your grandmother is talking. Mm -hmm. you have to look at her you have to take time yeah I think that's the main thing you have to take time to be with someone
0: when I asked this question I was expecting something different from the typical relationship any kind of relationship but in the end it's the same thing it's presence it's communication it's respect so it's exactly the same thing it's just the medium that changes you're not next to them but you can still be present yeah. you can still respect them you can still communicate
1: yeah it's just definitely. the medium that changes I think I need to to add this because I didn't say it yet. After some weeks of getting to know uh, my boyfriend, he shared with me that he's deaf and he has a cochlear implant. And he was struggling with that. I felt like he was afraid that information was going to influence the way I was Mm. seeing him and the way I was connecting with him. But it, it didn't because that's no problem. Like It's who you are, it's how you are. But that doesn't define you, and that's what I'm always saying to him. Connection is really above that, and Mm. it's really a good thing because I think that most of the times we judge everyone by their looks or what they are wearing or what they have in their ear because he has Mm -hmm. like the implant and it's there. We cannot... You cannot remove it, and what's the problem, right? yeah, it doesn't influence anything and it's also been a quite a nice experience because, yeah, I didn't talk about this, but this is really something that made me wake up through some mm. some important things because we are using masks now, and yeah. he's deaf, he uses the implant, but he reads the lips the yeah. way you move your lips. And with the masks, that's really a big problem. And something that I've been learning and I've been trying to improve during these months with him is to really try to communicate with the expression and the body expression. And Because when we are with masks and I need to talk to him, he has the implant, but sometimes it's hard if Mm -hmm. there's a lot of noise. And I think that's really cool because it's also making me alert to... Really improve my communication skills. So that's also a cool thing. And I definitely don't think that the image or that some of those handicaps define you.
0: Anna, we're getting to the end of our conversation.
1: I'd like to ask
0: you the last question, which is what is learning for you? I
1: think learning for me is to relate and to experiment things. I think that learning is a process and is a journey that is happening all days at every hours and mm. everything that happens to you has something to to teach you and mm. If you continue relating and if you continue experimenting and looking to what life is giving you, I think you are learning. I think you are in the process. When I think of learning, I think of that. I don't think only of learning hard skills, but most of all, I think what we all have to learn every day is the soft skills is, is what really makes you get to the next level. And Anna,
0: if you could ask our
1: listeners one question, what would that be? The question that I want to leave is, what is holding you? What is in you that is getting you stuck? And how can you do the next step and let go your guards and let go your struggles and really get to the next level, either in work, either in in relationships, even if it's not a romantic relationship, Mm -hmm. what is holding you?
0: Great. Thank you, Anna. Thank you so much for your time and for being so open with your story. And I wish you all the best. Thank you. Thank you, Sara. It was
1: really a pleasure to be here.
0: If you would like to get in touch with Anna, find out how on the show notes. I would also love to hear from you. Go to learningday.community and reach out. If this episode was useful to you, consider subscribing to Learning Day on your podcast app and, as a little extra, share it with a friend. I don't know where this is going to take us, but I know we're going to learn something along the way. Thank you for listening and see you next time.